Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. You know, I love music, but I haven't picked up an instrument in years. You know why? I tell myself, I don't have time. Where am I going to find a teacher? Well, there's an answer. Musora. Musora is the place where you can learn essential skills and techniques with more than a hundred of the world's best teachers and musicians and thousands of famous songs. You get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 per month, less than a single private lesson. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. Before we begin, a quick warning. This episode contains some strong language and descriptions of violence. If this did not happen to me, um, if if I did not, lose my two kids, I probably wouldn't be sitting here today to be the voice for the voiceless. I'm Tali Farhadian-Weinstein, and this is Hearing. It's been a horrific summer in our city, and not just because of the coronavirus. After decades of decline, gun violence in New York City has skyrocketed. We've already had twice the number of shootings in 2020 than we had in all of 2019. While it can be easy to overlook long-standing epidemics in our culture, especially in the midst of a literal disease outbreak, gun violence has plagued our streets for generations, even before this alarming increase. And if I'm elected district attorney, taking it on once and for all is at the top of my priority list. As New Yorkers, we're fortunate to live in a state with more progressive gun safety laws than most. But few issues in this country are as complex and emotionally charged as guns. The progress we have made has been hard fought and gradual, and that was before a summer of protests complicated matters further by launching a passionate debate about the proper role of police in our communities. My guest on the show today is Jackie Rowe Adams, whose life and neighborhood have been permanently shaped by gun violence. She's the president of a group called Harlem Mothers Save, which stands for Stop Another Violent End. 
She's been a leader in this fight for decades, and I've personally witnessed the deep reverence of people in Jackie's community for her tireless work on behalf of families affected by shootings. In a year where the national rhetoric around violence and policing has too often overlooked the lived experience and priorities of people on the ground, I was grateful for the opportunity to sit down with Jackie and to listen. Jackie, thank you so much for being with me here today uh, to talk about your career and to talk about Harlem Mothers Save. Uh, I thought that I would start this conversation just by asking you how you became involved in the fight against gun violence. And I thought you might tell us the story about your sons, Anthony and Tyrone. So years ago, and it seemed just like yesterday, and I pause because I have to really, some days I could talk about it and some days I don't, you yes, know, feel yes. like it. Um, yeah. yeah. But Anthony, 17 years old, got killed um, because they didn't like how they, he was looking at them. He was in a store in Harlem. My parents was at the time living on 122nd where I was born and raised in Harlem. Mm. And they said, oh, we should kill that nigga. Look how he keep looking at me. I hate that word today. He was not bothering anybody. And they said, we should kill that nigga. And they followed my son out the store and they actually followed him to my parents' stoop and shot him. And immediately, immediately, the store owner, so that's when you talk about snitching. He wasn't snitching when he told the cops, there they are, there they are. That's the ones who did it. He was saving another life. Yes. And he was making sure that they get caught and get off the street so they couldn't take another life. So that's a good example of community mm-hmm. um, working with the police. And what happened to the to the men who killed Anthony? Eight years for murder. Did yeah. eight years. Yeah. So who would think 16 years later? My other son got killed. Tyrone was uh, shot by a 13 year old. It was a 17 and 13 year old. They robbed him. It was a robbery. And the 13 year old pulled the trigger. Now, the 13 year old got arrested, but through the juvenile. And the 17 year old, I don't even think they ever caught the 17 year old, but I know they had the 13 year old. And so it was just robbery. And he knew the kids, he knew the people. What were they trying to steal from him? Well, I. He, I guess he had money. I know he had a beautiful watch. And I think that was robbery territory. And he was not killed here. He was killed in, in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I don't even go to Baltimore. And 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 um, after that, you mm-hmm. know, I realized that I can't bring back my two kids, that I could help another mother, another family from feeling the pain and hurt that I am feeling and others are feeling. So 2006, I decided after a day of shooting, shootings in 2006 on a Memorial Day, with so many shootings and killing good. I woke up in the middle of the night and said, enough is enough. I was sick and tired of people killing each other. And then I found out that it was other moms and families that had the same problem, but we really had no place to go. Hmm. 
who's giving our kids these guns? That became the question. Who's giving our kids these guns? And I went to, at the time, he was Assemblyman Keith Wright. So we went to Assemblyman Keith Wright office on that Tuesday, crying all over the carpet. And he started crying. And we said, we need help. We need somebody that could really, really talk for us and not scared to speak out. So we came to you because we want to know who's giving these kids these guns. And um, everything was fast. Keith Wright said, we got to find a name. We got to find a name for you. Mm-hmm. And his office, they all got together and came up with Harlem on the Safe Stop Another Violent End. And we stood on the steps of City Hall, Tally. That Friday, we went in his office mm-hmm. Tuesday. That Friday, we were standing on the steps of City Hall with Assemblyman Keith Wright and his staff and with other mothers. And we called the question, who's giving our kids these guns? And guess what, Tally? It was three bodegas in Harlem giving selling guns. And it was a watermelon truck selling watermelon and collard greens coming from downside. And so that's how we got started from 2006 to today. Yeah. The families have some place to come, Tally, and know that they are not alone when they lose their loved ones. To know that it is a support group and people out there who know their pain, who can identify with them. That is so important because we have so many people that want to commit suicide that goes into trauma. What have you found that uh, it, the families who have suffered this violence need? What, what, what do you need and what do you give each other? What we bring each other is support. You're not alone. And that's what they need to know that somebody cares. It's really so extraordinary how you go back and forth between your own experiences, uh, the bigger circle of pain of the others who have unfortunately shared in these experiences and your ambitions uh, for your community, for the city, for the whole country when it comes to gun violence. And Jackie, of course, we are meeting today in a really hard season for New York. Um, yes. we've, we've had a horrible surge in shootings over the course of the summer. Actually, shootings were up even a bit before the pandemic. And we are now in a moment where we've had twice as many shootings as last year, even though uh, there were those months that people were locked in. And yet we're sitting with that statistic. And uh, I, I really um, would love for you to help us sort of draw out what are some of the places um, where we can do better and some of the strategies in your decades long fight against gun violence that you think are the ones that we need to call up right now. Um, and, you know, you talked about, well, how did the guns get here, which I think is so smart and exactly on point, right? Because we live in a blue state and a blue city. And it's almost impossible to have a gun here legally. And yet we're seeing all of this violence. It's out of control, just like you said. And I'm just so glad to hear you say that because you understand Mm. it is a spike. Some people say, oh, you know, it's not that bad. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes. Innocent bystanders and little babies are getting. I've never seen so many kids get shot and killed. Yes. And so it is a spike. But we know that the guns are coming from I-95, coming from Virginia, South Carolina, because these places, some of these guns are legal. But when they come in here, they're illegal. And the young people told me this. They said, Miss Adams, you know, the guns are coming from down south and we get on the bus. And they said, we, we get on the bus with my cousin and my uncle. And then they looked at me and said, 
Why are we telling you this? Because you're going to tell. I said, I really am. Well, I mean, isn't that interesting? I, that to me sounds like a cry for help. I mean, it also tells me, um, and I've just observed this, being around you, that um, the young people in the community are looking at you to sort of take their hand uh, and guide them a bit out of this. And I think you're right. I think we've been seeing reports that uh, are consistent with what you've said, that guns are coming in into the Port Authority uh, on buses, or they're coming in private cars up from the South. Uh, and so maybe... You know, that can be the first thing that we say is we need to address the trafficking. And the second thing that we can say is that anybody who cares about gun violence, even here in New York, has to be a national advocate for better gun safety laws. Absolutely. Because we have gotten our house, you know, in order in terms of legislation, and we are still suffering the effects of states that are looser. In, Absolutely. In the availability Absolutely. of guns. And it's just uh, fascinating to me that even even kids are coming in and saying to you, we know something yes. is not right here. You know what, Tally? It's not the police only killing us. It's us killing us. Right. And that's why with police issues, I don't get. Uh, oh, listen, they deserve to be reformed. It got to be changed. Right. I don't get so gun ho about that because I'm study focusing on us killing each other. Right. And I'd like to talk to you about that because you are so present in your community. Um, and even as you were telling your story uh, about what happened to your boys, you you wanted to pause and point out the shop owner um, who helped bring your son's killers to justice. And I wonder if you could talk about what you expect uh, from the community and what your message to them is in terms of their role in stopping gun violence. Well, what I expect, <laughs> I really expect everybody to be like a me. You well, know? yes, yes. <laughs> I expect it, but we know it's not going to happen. But maybe things have sort of change. Yes, things have sort of changed in education. And you said the key. And that's what our, our Harlem Mothers Save is about education and prevention. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we used to go out to the schools, you know, schools are closed now. And we talk to the kids, we talk to the parents, mm -hmm. and we tell them, how, you know, what to look for in their house. Look under your mattress. Check their book bags. Mm. Know who their friends are. Right. Keep them engaged. Go to the schools. Go to the PTA. These are little things you could do to, to help, you know, curtail some of this gun violence. It's up to the parents mm. to take initiative and say, this is my house and I'm going to look under my mattress. I'm going to go in your room. When you have kids, don't come in my room. Why are you in my room? Because this right. is my house. Right. Then you talk about if you see something, say something. Uh, we always say it's not snitching. It's saving a life. Snitching is, Tally, if you take my cookie, that's snitching. Not if somebody kill or hurt somebody. That's saving a life. And we have some knucklehead police, but that's who you stay on. The knucklehead police and let them know. Hold them accountable. So let, let's talk about that, uh, Jackie, because um, the account that you've given about uh, distrust of law enforcement, um, people call it snitching, uh, is, is exactly right that everybody suffers when 
people don't want to cooperate with law enforcement, right? And so um, if, you, if we take our mission of safety seriously, we, you know, people in, in my role and the role that I hope to occupy, we have to always be working on that for every reason, but particularly because uh, safety depends on trust between communities yes. and law yes. enforcement. Yes. And I want to talk to you about that. What is sort of your assessment uh, in your community of where we can be doing better uh, to strengthen the relationship between the police and law enforcement? So we could do better by making sure that the community is educated, that it's precinct councils. You know, they have meetings. If you have complaints or concerns or anything good to add and contribute to the New York City Police Department in your community, go to their meetings. Find out what they're doing. Don't wait till something happened bad, you know, to say, where's the police? You go to the police. You go to their meetings. Check out when they're, because they do send the community a lot of information. They really do. I feel the community could invite the police to different events. We have to reach out. We can't say, because we can't tell you we need the police. Let's be clear. Right. You have parents that need the police, but they're scared that the police gonna hurt their kids. But they want to tell on the kids, then they're scared of the kids. They know their kids are volatile. They know their kids have guns. So how do you do that? You really have to have a police advocate. Let's talk about, I think a lot starts with the community affairs officers working with some of the kids and parents. And you have advocates in the police that reach out to these parents. They really have to take a chance and sit down with them and, and let them understand. I need you, but I'm scared that you'll hurt my child. If I call you, you're going to come in like the gangbusters. So we have to reach out and say, oh, we had this event is happening. The community boards and the communities are not doing enough. The focus is on housing, housing and housing. When you go to these community boards, the community board have to focus on a little better on bringing the police and the community together. Yes. And, and part of what I don't like about uh, the language of defunding the police is to me, it sets up a false choice for communities that are suffering violence like the kind that we've been talking about, where you either have to choose between uh, racist policing, policing that needs reform, policing that, you know, isn't working for the community or no policing at all. And that's just so unfair. Right. Uh, and so I, I really appreciate your saying, look, we need the police. Everybody needs the police. And what we should all be doing is working on improving uh, the relationship between us, the police and on improving the police. Right. Absolutely. Um, so to that end, let me ask you, uh, what are some of the things that you would like to see some changes you would like to see uh, in, in policing. Um, you know, when I, I, I saw you recently at the food bank that you run out of your office and I was so struck by this conversation you had with a young man who was wearing a bandana as he should have been, um, you know, masked up, uh, because of the pandemic. And he said to you, you know, Mrs. Adams on the subway over here, a couple of cops gave me a hard time. You know, I'm a young black kid with a bandana on my face. And you said, well, they really shouldn't do that. And we need to see some changes in policing. So um, tell me, if you would, what should the police be doing? You've talked about what you want the community to be doing. What should the police be doing? Better? Well, before they profile, let's use the tools that they were trained, customer service. Right. 
That's all they have to do. Respect, courtesy, and professionalism. Okay. If they use those tools, that's what they need to be doing. Jackie, I, I wonder if, you know, before we end, I might ask you the trajectory of your life and your work was set into motion uh, by these tragic events. And you yourself have said that if if not for the death of your two boys, you would not be doing what you were doing. So I would just wonder, um, I know this is a personal question. Do you sometimes imagine yourself living a different life uh, if this not had happened to you? That is a great question. That gives me a fool for thought. It really do. Um, because this happened so early on, my son, first son got killed 38 years ago. Would you believe that? It's been so long, but it seemed like just yesterday, Tally, yes. what would I have been doing? Probably pursuing my career in music. Where do you think Anthony and Tyrone would be now if their lives had not been cut short? Well, first of all, let me tell you, Anthony, he used to come and sit on my bed at night before he died. And when he died, that side of the bed would go down. And I told my mother, I said, I'm scared. Anthony comes every night. She said, just tell him that you're scared. Mm. And he'll go away. And so one night he came, that whole bed sat down. And I said, I'm scared, Anthony. And he never came back. You know, Anthony had a passion for pigeons. He loved birds. And that's why it sounds strange, but I love the pigeons too. And I tell people, don't be bothering those pigeons. Don't. And when the birds fly on my window, I said, oh, they go Anthony. You know, so these are the things we deal with. So he might've been flying birds. He was very talented in art. Yeah. He might've went to college, you know, I would have liked to see, but he really, the truth was, if he said he wanted to go to college and we put him, it would have surprised me because he wasn't college material. <laughs> I love so, it. A, a, I think, a, str a strict mother to the end. <laughs> yes. Yes. So therefore, so these are the couple of things that he might've been doing. Mm. Let's talk about Tyrone. Tyrone always wanted to be a fireman. He used to tell all he wanted. He loved fires. I used to Tyrone Miles, but you better start the fights. He loved fire. He wanted to always be a fireman. And a writer. He said he wanted to write a book. Mm. Yeah. So I'm saying that to say, Tally, that this is real. And this is what we go through as families that have had a loss. This is what we go. This is how we heal. If we don't have a support group, we get lost within ourselves. sound to me like a mother first and a survivor and a community leader and an activist. And Jackie, I want to thank you. Honestly, you are just such a pleasure to talk to. And I learned so much from you. Thank you for giving us all of this time with everything else you have going on. And I want to thank you too, Tally. And I wish you luck in your DA run. And God bless you. God bless you, Jackie. Have a great day. Yes, yes, yes. Hearing is produced in partnership with Pushkin Industries. Our producers are Sam Dingman and Camille Baptista. Our engineer is Evan Viola. Special thanks to Malcolm Gladwell and Jacob Weisberg. 
This podcast is paid for by New Yorkers for Tali, and Jackie Rowe Adams' appearance on the show does not constitute a political endorsement. I am running to be District Attorney of Manhattan and to set a national example in delivering safety, fairness, and justice for all, especially our most vulnerable. If you like what you've heard, go to tally4da.com to learn more about my campaign. I'm Tally Farhadian Weinstein. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time on Hearing. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. You know, I love music, but I haven't picked up an instrument in years. You know why? I tell myself, I don't have time. Where am I going to find a teacher? Well, there's an answer. Musora. Musora is the place where you can learn essential skills and techniques with more than a hundred of the world's best teachers and musicians and thousands of famous songs. You get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 per month, less than a single private lesson. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side-by-side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter.